1: It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears
2: up! Hey, welcome everybody. Ears up podcasts. And uh, I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad I'm here because we have a great show for you today. Not only are we talking about details of Disneyland that we both love and dislike. I I hesitate to even use the word hate right now because uh, I'm so sensitive to it. But uh, it is a strong word. It's a strong word. But we're doing five uh, five things about the Disneyland Resort that we love, absolutely love, and then also five that we don't really like, that we hate, that we could do without, or whatever. And I'm going to tell you, man this this exercise was tough for me. Yep. It was yeah. very very challenging, and not in the way that you would think. I'm going to leave that there. I'm going <laughs> to put a pin in that section, and we're going to do a little bit of uh sensationalist journalism here everybody. Uh yeah, it was it was really neat especially because I haven't been to the parks in like 2 or 3 years. I, so yeah. I had to look stuff up to see if it was there. I had to like watch walkthroughs.
0: Yeah, I had to go back through my old photos like like way back like 2014 is I think the furthest oh, I could. Oh jeez. And just look through things to try and cuz I used to take a lot of pictures of details at Disneyland. Because I used to do Instagram for Ears Up. So, like, I, I went through all that to try and remember details of, of the parks. It was, it was weird. It's
2: <laughs> <I>, tough, man. <laughs> you're sitting there going through your mind. Like, okay, so you walk in, you go around the thing, <laughs> and then you're done Main Street. Is anything Main Street? Okay, and now usually we turn left here. We go into Adventureland. Are we doing anything? Ah Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, we also have, coming back, Dave from DaveLandWeb.com to talk to us a little bit about the House of Tomorrow. Dave, welcome back, my friend.
1: Thanks for having me back.
2: Of course. We're going to put on a little slideshow, so you people listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, you're going to get to see photos of what it is we're talking about. I understand a podcast and the visual uh, you know, section of this is going to be hard to follow along, but you, uh, if you're listening to the show, you can either stop it and go watch it on YouTube or you know, listen all the way through and then you go watch it on YouTube or... I 'm trying to link to everything on the on the the blog post here, and I, I don't know if I'll be able to do that maybe i'll just link to uh to this section on on youtube and we can we can do it that way, but we'll figure it out anyway um maybe i'll link to the house of tomorrow section from from dave 's website and we can just sort of figure it all out there so you can do a deeper dive if you want but you know I thought it'd be a really cool idea uh dave was Dave pitched it, and I said, yep, this is great, I love it, man, because not only do we get to hear about Stuff that uh, isn't around anymore, uh, but we get to look at it too, and I feel like that's a that's a rare combination. Cool, you know what I mean? Uh, okay. Let's see here. Let me go through my little notorinos. Uh, we're on social media, you guys: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. You can send feedback to ears dot com. Show suggestions, Terrence. At earsup-podcast.com. You could say hi. Hi. <laughs> to Bev. And uh, if you have any tips on how to fight ants, email those to me at jason at earsup-podcast.com. We are like ant invasion central. It's D-Day here at the Petros household. And um, the ants are the allies. And we are the beaches of Normandy.
0: It's the actual worst thing in the world.
2: It sucks so bad, dude.
0: Ants are- the worst.
2: They really are, and I understand they're a really important part of the ecosystem. Like I get it. There was a dead bug in my garden, and the ants are all over that. I'm like, okay, this is what you're here for. That's cool, but you're not here to eat my soap yeah. out of my bathroom or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, get out of here.
1: They're everywhere. They
2: <laughs> I know they don't know that, but they should. And if they don't, ladybug
1: then- for that there <laughs> well they sell, they, sh- they sell them in hardware stores in little bags. <laughs> you know it's what?
2: I, I bought a little baggie of, uh, well, it was like a, a little container of uh, praying mantises, praying manti, you know? And my kid and I watched them kind of come out of the little paper cocoon or whatever. There's like 200 of them. So, oh, let's release them into the garden. And we released them into the garden, and they just kind of fluttered everywhere and whatever. About four hours later, the gardeners came <laughs> with like the industrial blower. <laughs> <clears throat> gone all over the plants were moving like it was a hurricane i'm like okay we're never going to see those things again <laughs> just... probably
3: should have planned that differently
2: yeah they're in the next town over by now yeah. man blown apart by the her gale force those winds things
3: of... can hold on though i saw one once uh, stuck to the side of a car on the freeway
2: wow just,
3: just hanging on and i was hanging like,
2: on for dear life man oh dear <laughs> uh yeah well anyway r.i.p that guy all those guys, the 200. Those guys. Yeah. I don't know. I
1: don't understand it.
2: Uh, anyway, Dave, let's talk about the House of Tomorrow, man.
1: It, the actual name is the House of the Future. The
2: House of the Future. Why do I keep thinking? <laughs> Look, one thing about me is I will always get things incorrect. You're, the you're thinking
1: that because it was in Tomorrowland.
2: Yes. Yep. That's exactly There's, it. Let's, let's say it was that.
1: Monsanto, the company that is now famous for all their deadly fertilizers and all that stuff and has a bad rep. Back in the day, in the 50s, they were looking for a way to showcase some of their plastic products. And it was two guys that worked at, I think they were on the faculty for MIT. Uh, Let's see, it was Marvin Goody and Richard Hamilton, those two guys. They were tasked with coming up with designing this plastic house that had, had clothes made out of plastics, all these things that Monsanto made from plastics, and they wanted to have a showcase. So this is what they came up with. Nice. Walt thought it would be a great fit for Disneyland. So Monsanto had a 10-year lease at Disneyland. They sponsored the Hall of Chemistry and the House of Tomorrow. And uh, that's how that came to be at Disneyland. Wow. Very <laughs> obviously low cost for Walt because it was an advertisement. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah.
1: Um, huh. Very futuristic-looking, as you can see, that kind of bubble look. Um, there's a shot, if you want to get to it, of the brain trust at the table looking at a little model of it, which is, is kind of cool. It had like four little wings and then a central area.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, oh,
3: wow.
1: There's the guy studying the model of it. Cool. You
2: look at that flat top, man. You could probably rest that model Literally. on the flat top, and that would never that move.
3: extremely mid-century. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I right. never realized Chris that. Chris Mullen
4: he- of Golden State Warriors.
0: <laughs> he does look like that. God, he really looks like that. Um <laughs> I I never realized that that this house of the future um was like a plus sign. I always thought it was just like that corner part.
1: No, it's uh yeah, it's definitely like a cross or plus look. Now, guess how long it took to construct it at Disneyland? Just think think of how long it would take to build a house.
3: I don't know. Uh, But it's made out of plastic. A month?
1: Five months? I guess. Five months is right.
0: Oh, wow. Had to happen. And there's some
1: some interesting interesting construction pictures that I sent your way. One, yeah. There's a cool one. That is neat, man. almost
0: looks like an airplane. Some of it was
1: was prefabricated and then installed on site. There's another one that shows the castle in the background, which kind of gives you an idea of the location of where it was. So yeah, today yeah. that area is approximately where Pixie Hollow is.
4: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Huh.
1: And yeah. Uh, the foundation was like solid concrete. The thing was earthquake proof. And I heard one of you saying something about, you know, it was easy to make because it was a plastic. One of the most famous stories, and it is true, when it came time to dismantle it, the wrecking ball bounced off of it. <laughs> wow. They ended up wow. having to hacksaw. It took them like, I think, an extra two months to tear that thing apart because they had to hacksaw it into pieces. Wow,
3: Longer to tear down than to put together.
1: <laughs> that is correct. That tells you why landfills are an issue. And Yeah. That's
3: funny.
2: I like this well, photo because it definitely gives you a, a nice sense of scale. You know, yeah. you don't have a lot of the bushes in, in, in the way or the bigger trees or whatever. It's still very, like, low, you know, construction-looking uh, photo. But that castle right there by the house, it looks uh, – yeah, that's a really cool shot. I like that.
4: Yeah it, is.
1: Now, yeah, it is. As of last time I was at the park, I don't know if it's been removed, but that concrete foundation, there are still remnants of it. Yep. yep. Uh, right around where some of the fountains – there were fountains underneath – and you know, after it was gone, it became I think Alpine Gardens. Then it was Ariel's Grotto, and then Pixie Hollow. Hmm. I don't think they ever removed that concrete foundation. I think they just kind of like planted and built and landscaped around it. So yeah. that was always kind of cool. The it never completely left.
4: Yeah,
2: I might be getting my ahead of myself. There's no so that
1: that pretty, so that shot. That's a detail shot. So in front of that, I mean, you can see the Mark Twain in the background, but that's okay. where the um. Carnation Bandstand, and now it's was it Fantasy Fair?
4: Yep.
0: Oh right, right, right. That whole area
1: is. That is
4: incredible. Oh, yes,
2: yeah. Like right where, right about here, right because
4: here's the bridge going across. Yep. Yep. You could you could never see the Mark Twain from there right now. No way. There's literally no no way.
3: I literally have like the worst sense of direction, and I'm like, (laughs) what am I looking at right now? Like I. I don't know
4: where I am. If you're looking <laughs> yeah. straight, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, someone. So if you're looking you're looking straight across, it would be where, um, like you said, Fantasy Fair, it will be the back way into Frontierland that would take you to the the left side of uh, Rancho de Zocalo yeah. and then take you into where the loading area is for the Mark Twain. But you could never see that because of the buildings no. that are there now.
1: Yeah, so this is picture was was taken i'm guessing they were can, can you go back to the original one there jason this one yeah i'm guessing they were standing approximately where maybe the um buzz Lightyear attraction is not too mm. far from that okay, okay. i mean you know, a lot of people photos, you can't even get that perspective anymore you couldn't no. stand because there's either yeah. trees or, or actually the astro orbiter
4: yeah. I was gonna say it looks like this might be where the French fry rocks would be when yes. you go into yeah. the-
1: that's, that's that's probably more appropriate, right around there. Hmm. The Matterhorn was not even constructed at this point.
0: She- wow. Oh yeah.
1: There's another shot that looks like it's just a field. Um, which was probably a little bit early. Okay, so that one to the left, see where it creeps up? That was mm-hmm. when it was uh, was Snow Hill or Matter or Holiday Hill. Lover's Hill. Yeah. So you can see one of the pylons for the Skyway kind of above, which was this eventually covered up by the, um, the Matterhorn itself. And then that building to the right, that would be that the right? Buzz Lightyear footprint. Got it. Wow. And then if you can zoom That's in, so I think this is the one that – might be there there was one detail shot that shows uh kind of a little bit of an ad, not that one. And I don't know who those goofballs are. <laughs> there you go. There's an ad for the uh the junior autopia. There used to be like was it three three different Autopias?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Fantasy land, the Junior Autopia, the Midget Autopia, and the regular Autopia.
0: <laughs> Just Wait, what
1: everyone
2: needs. That's man.
0: three too many.
1: And there's three there's the pilot yeah. for the Skylon uh or uh Skyway.
2: Yeah. Look at that! That man. is incredible. Look
0: at that truck. I love these. Which photos. apparently
1: Walt always hated those because he just thought that they were unsightly. So the Matterhorn was a great solution to cover up part of it.
2: Absolutely. Look at this Ed Asner looking dude over here.
3: <laughs> oh <my laughs> gosh. Look
1: at those. It's, it's always in those interesting pants. to see those. There's a mix of like the construction looking guys and then the suits with the bow ties and <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: like yeah. this dude right here with his tails beyond his butt cheeks. <laughs> the yeah. I love it, man. This is a rad shot, too. Look at that.
1: And then the opening day shot, that might be a good one to show next. Okay, let's do it. So even though, you know, you might think this is kind of boring, it came with a lot of fanfare. So this is the detailed shot. Um, shows the executives at the, the opening door about to let people inside to take a look. The Disneyland band is down below. There are quite a few people lined up to, to check it out. Yeah. I mean, there were Monsanto cool. people yeah, there. Good. In fact, I think typically they had the Monsanto people with an M on their jacket for Monsanto that were there giving the tours, promoting the products. Um, this was a great showcase for them. It made a few magazines, some color spreads. So some of the things that were, you know, besides like plastic clothes, the house had, um, you know, showed off like microwaves, Um mm-hmm dishwashers you know at the time and intercom systems these were things that were not typically found in homes and the average home but if you look at pictures of the interior it didn't necessarily look like it was a rich person's home it just looked like something from the future
3: yeah oh wow i actually love that kitchen i was just gonna say that (laughs) table is like i want to own it yeah this is very
1: in style (laughs) today it's very stylish yeah People oh, yeah. pay big money for that kind of stuff. <laughs> I was just yeah. going to
2: say, you're paying a lot of money for that. For exa- for this lamp right here?
1: Yeah. But if you look at it, you wouldn't look at that and say, oh, wow, that's the home of someone who's loaded. No. It just looks like a really nice retro middle class home, like something you you know would see in a TV show. Yeah. There's a detail of the chair, which was made by was it the Barrage Company. Yeah. looks comfy to me, man. kind of like going through a museum.
3: Definitely. I'm not joking. I think my mom had chairs like that. <laughs> <laughs> they were orange.
1: So there were also, <laughs> and the little the little boy sitting there. That's uh, I don't know if that was intentional, but <laughs> they also had some like like a little sculpture garden, which was kind of cool right outside.
2: Of course, he would sat that way on purpose. Actually, you yeah, know what? I don't fun. know. Looking at that face, maybe not.
1: That, that was an unfortunate choice for the photo, but
2: <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: Or fortunate. Yeah,
2: I laughed. Yeah. These two ladies are twins.
1: You can can see they also had some other material. Monsanto describing Mm -hmm. what was inside.
0: For for it being Tomorrowland, it's very colorful, like the plants and things. We're not used to seeing color in Tomorrowland. I guess is it Tomorrowland?
1: Technically, it was it was right on the edge of Tomorrowland. Okay. This this I think was the exit.
2: Yeah, you know what's interesting though? There's a lot of shorts
3: i just said that <laughs> oh you did
2: yeah. and there's it because
3: like
2: <laughs> because we talk about that all the time where it's like oh you're dressing up you're in disneyland like that's a lot of these photos are of of people that are dressed up but there's a few shorts here and i think that's very interesting look at this I kid. Said,
1: Typically, the, the adult males though do have pants on yeah. rarely do you see an adult male but kids and sometimes the women yeah
0: That poor old man in this photo is like literally wearing Wait, go back to
4: that other photo and look at that kid's hat. What was that? It looks like...
1: um, I do have a detail. It's kind of like an alpine hat that they they sold there. They sold a a lot of different varieties of hats, but it was kind of like a little uh, yodeler type hat, which was tied into the Matterhorn.
4: And is he carrying a Bible?
1: (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Uh, I don't know about that, but... (laughs) Look at now, that. This shot is probably one of the last shots I have in my collection. It was from July '67, right around uh, maybe six months before the house was removed.
0: It does look a little funny with, with the Matterhorn in the background.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it also depends on which angle you shoot it at. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Um, <laughs> I've got a few pictures of this room, and this particular one, which I think is from later, they have like that small little TV. Yeah, some of the other ones had what we would call the widescreen TV (laughs) sitting on top of that console there, Uh which you know back then widescreen that was really mod.
4: Oh
2: yeah, absolutely. Here's another version.
1: God, I just a little farther over. Yep. Same room. That
4: that color combo is fire. I'm not (laughs) even gonna lie. Who would
0: ever choose that purple and like a light yellow and then black couch? Like this is this whole thing is yeah. This is my jam. Uh
4: That is and fire. It's so good. Most, it's most like a
1: of Mary Blair. It's like were, a Blair thing. Yeah. These fabrics were synthetic, so they were really promoting everything that you could do with plastic.
3: Totally not
0: flammable. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the frame, like the, the blue with the gold. I was
3: like... just going to say I hate the frame. Really? <laughs> Dang.
2: So I have in the second uh, round of shots – Dave, I think this is what you're talking about. Um, let me really pop this up here for a
1: second. There's an entrance. So the first one to have, yeah, that was like the the rendering, the artistic rendering. Yeah. And then the other shots I sent to you, I think were before it was opened. Um, it shows when they were decorating like the kitchen area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in, in the kitchen area, you can see the cabinets and they were labeled. And I noticed when I zoomed in on one part, I can't remember if I sent that to you or not. Sugar and detergent were right next to each other, which I found very, uh, very. Yeah, there we go. We got. Oh geez,
0: coffee.
1: Yeah, detergent. I think that's the one on the right, oh, and sugar, sugar is detergent. right next to yeah. it on the left. What is
2: this? Oh, sharpener. What is
0: that? Sharpener. Yeah.
2: It's like MSG. You'd have been an MSG. <laughs> <laughs> sharpener, tea, coffee, flour, sugar,
1: detergent.
0: What is sharpener? <laughs> detergent.
1: And probably the detergent was for the um, sharpener could have been for knives I don't know yeah, maybe, maybe like a futuristic sharpener. knife oh. sharpener yeah look I'm look assuming the- those two things were supposed to be like microwaves or
0: oh yeah there's a turkey in there yeah look at that thing and a bathtub oh my gosh and probably like a bowl for vegetables Ah, uh, yeah that makes more sense
2: no yeah it's a bathtub oh, it's, also a in
0: there. <laughs> it's so clean and crisp
2: I love this like the, the supports I that are holding the up shirt. the cabinets and stuff <laughs> yeah that just
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
2: classic sixties mid mod sort of like flair.
0: It actually makes me very uncomfortable. Cabinets make me very nervous. I always <laughs> think they're gonna fall.
2: What? What? Cabinets make me nervous.
0: <laughs> Every time I put, Somebody a... look up this
3: phobia. It has
0: <laughs> to be a thing.
2: I just don't know what's in them.
0: Every time I put a stack of plates in our cabinets, I'm like, one of these times it's just gonna fall. Like, how are they? Oh, okay. How are they on the wall? I need. To I see legit
3: it. understand that, and I've actually. <laughs> Uh, encountered a cabinet that fell off of a wall due to too much weight. It wasn't uh, in my kitchen. It was at oh the office I worked at. We were putting yes. away prescription pads, like a bunch of paper products, and it you just
1: added to her wall. phobia. Yeah, realized yes. that? No, that. That <laughs>
3: happened at my work too. We were
4: putting away bricks, and,
2: it's uh, and you loud.
3: know. Well in good in good construction usually they're drilled into the stud and you don't have to worry about that.
4: So there is a phobia that's a fear of cabinets. It's a cystulaphobia, So you're not the only person in the world who's afraid of cabinets.
2: I think he was a he was a a character in some French, you know, romance novel. <laughs> cystulaphobia.
1: <laughs> uh, so in this shot you can see on the lever says Adams for life. Yeah it's interesting because once the house of the future left Monsanto continued their sponsorship oh. with the, um, shoot, what was that? The, um, what was the one with the atoms?
2: Oh, the why is that inner space uh, uh, adventure through
1: inner space, adventure, adventure <laughs> which was, you know, miracle of molecules was the song. So that was another one of their, their plastic marvels. So they just moved from the house of the future to the, uh, miracle of molecules.
2: Oh, Look at this kid.
1: There's some guy that was filming a spot for a... Uh... Whoa.
2: This sort of looks like a scene for Blade Runner. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, or Mad Men.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> or Mad Men, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: For sure. Are
3: those lights on the top or is that just the yeah. top of the building?
2: That's dope. I think they're lights.
3: This is the only room I don't like.
2: The kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like it just because. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's too
1: white. I mean, these, it is still these being these put together. Were, I think they were before it was finished. Oh, yeah, because
2: okay. you got a box down it's just, here. It's and...
1: it's pretty sparse. Gotcha,
0: but it does have food. Plastic Apple. apples. Plastic apples. Plastic apples. <laughs> lots of things in bags and lots boxes. of things in baggies
2: prepared. Yeah, look at this package right there. It's wound up really okay. nice. That's very cool.
1: They're probably buried under there now in the landfill.
2: <laughs> probably, man. Someone's <laughs> going to be digging through trying to get all that treasure.
1: I uh, think there's one vintage picture you haven't shown which is one of my favorite, the lady with the orange bag.
2: I have Yes, I will get back to that set here. Let's go. Because then that's the set with uh your other favorite photos. So Oh yeah. Yeah. Miracle. Bev, you're of just wrong. Monocles. That's a beautiful
3: frame i just think that like so a girl <laughs> <laughs> you know what let's just move on to this we'll part, table
1: guys. that yeah <laughs> this is may 1963 she um Shucky? is she a <laughs> cheerleader there's a there's a you can see on that there's a yellow piece of i think it's maybe one of the guidebooks behind the orange pom-pom and the white purse that's <laughs> what i'm asking
3: oh my gosh is that a hat i think it's a hat i
4: think it's a hat that's dope. No, that's a Yo Gabba Gabba hat. That's
2: awesome, <laughs> love she, it. She puts it on and makes that fizz face. It's
0: the original Devo hat.
1: Yeah, look at she that. She looks hat. pretty futuristic there. Very mod.
0: Yes. yes.
2: Yeah, oh, and like imagine spending a day in Disneyland in these shoes.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, Disneyland was a lot smaller then, so it's
2: still,
1: it's still yeah. a lot of walking though. I
2: that's mean, look true. at that. Wow. I love
1: that sounds it. It's
2: awful. I love it. Um, Okay, so I guess we can lead into with uh, what's coming next, Dave, with this photo. Uh.
1: So I still remember when they announced, I think it was in 2008, that they were going to bring back the House of the Future. And I thought, that is a cool idea. And they were going to put it where the Carousel of Progress was. And I didn't know how they were going to exactly achieve it. And it was one of those things, kind of like when I first saw California Venture, when it was first opened, yeah. the disappointment was just <laughs> off the charts. That is fair. So this, is, this is an interior of the, it was called the Innoventions House of the Future. Yep.
3: Okay. And they had
1: a model, which I guess was being used to like a computer stand. So they had a little tribute to the original House of the Future in there. Mm-hmm. Overall, and I think, Jason, you've said this a few times, it just was basically a Home Depot showcase. It wasn't so much a showcase of futuristic technologies as technologies that were available to rich people, and it was designed (laughs) with just, like, the most crazy, incredible Disney theme. It was just, like, a really, really expensive hotel suite (laughs) that you could probably never afford. So, you know, the original House of the Future, you kind of felt like it... In the future, it might be within your, your grasp if you were middle class.
2: Sure, yes. This,
1: this yes. place, interventions, it, it, it was a dream, huh? Because you never could dream unless you were <laughs> very affluent. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you go through some of the other pictures, I mean, who, I who could afford a place like this?
3: quite got a grasp of like, what it was that was so exciting about it because
1: literally nothing worked.
4: That looks like that could be in the Grand Californian.
1: Yeah, I think what they did is they raided the warehouse at Grand Mm -hmm. California for leftover hotel furniture. Yeah. And they put it in here because it saved them money and they used like a craftsman style. Yeah. And then they got all the sponsors to supply. There's probably, I think there was Microsoft, a lot of Microsoft technology. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a good use of an empty building that.
0: (laughs) But not the same at all.
2: No, but it was still sort of fun to go through because it's, you know, it was imagineered and there was like, it was just a a, It was air conditioned. Yeah, but, but as like a functioning, you know, product or as a, as a thing that you would aspire to, right. To have your house at, it just was like, eh, I don't know, man, half the screens seemed burnt out all the time. Yeah. Like this place. Like, what is this?
4: It's like an East meets West kind of a. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird vibe.
3: Yeah. Is that a leopard print?
2: It looks like it. I wish it was, to be honest with you.
3: Yeah. Honestly. There's a lot of different know. patterns happening.
2: There's here. a little but too I many do, patterns. I did
3: really like, I didn't really, I was, I always went there when it was open, but yeah. I was always also just kind of disappointed by it. Like I wanted yes. it to be so cool and it w- it had so much potential to be so cool but it was never cool
2: like and this is supposed to be outside so it's not I mean it, it obviously it's not outside but this is where your barbecue is and you can still have a a, P, a PDA or whatever of what your light controls are and all that kind of fun stuff I guess and cool
0: yeah uh,
1: cool. Well, what I noticed when I was there is that people would rush through this and then wasn't there like an arcade type thing upstairs where people could yes. play computer games and- yeah that was where oh, people yes. ended and spent the most time. That's where you want to go. Yeah. I there, remember... there was really nothing exciting about this kitchen, whereas the house of the future. It's the world's worst island. See, I yeah. was going
2: to say, I think that island's pretty neat because it no. gives you some workable <laughs> space.
3: You can't put any bar stools on that. But it's dumb.
2: Yeah, but no one sits on bar stools anyways.
0: I remember being in this kitchen and there was like there was things that you could do. Like there was buttons you could push to turn on the lights and it literally never worked.
2: No, they never Never.
0: worked. Never. Not once.
2: I do sort of like the the inset TV with you know with like the picture frame around it. Like it looks, you know, sort of chic and then your screensaver for that could just be, you know, famous works of art. But at least center it.
0: The carpet. What is happening with the carpet? Why is it off-centered like that? I don't know.
2: Every, this everything is a vibe. Is like this, this is a cursed image.
1: So, I think we found the person that designed the off-center window. in Club Thirty Three in New Orleans. Where? Yeah. Probably the same person that, that did this.
2: Probably.
0: Probably Would not surprise me.
1: Now
2: this is but, cool. I mean,
1: what's What kid, it's cool, but what kid could have a room like this? Exactly.
2: Probably the Banks children, who this is Mm -hmm. definitely, you know, reminiscent of uh, Peter Pan. And then up here, like the projection TV or something.
4: Uh, I'm sorry, you guys don't have a cannon in your kid's room?
1: (laughs) Uh, Peter Pan pops out of the closet at midnight.
4: Yeah, well, you can afford
2: it at that point. I think we missed one. I don't know if this shot here, Dave, is from uh, from this or not.
1: That's that's an invention. Okay. <laughs> one of the I assume one of the bedrooms. Yeah, yeah.
0: I remember going in this room, and being like, "This is my room."
2: I don't remember this and because it's very like like lemon colored, which to me is very mid to late sixties. This is this like is a late sixties vibe. Yeah, and so I wasn't sure. Maybe it was the house of tomorrow or the house of I also of think my
3: family had that chair in the corner.
2: <laughs> Man. That's, that's a chair. Where do you think they got it from?
3: I mean, honestly, <laughs> the goodwill.
2: <laughs> and it all starts with this, oh. where it just leads you into, like, a false sense of security. And it, it's like when 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 movies, when, like, bad movies have their characters watching another movie in their movie and that movie that they're watching is better than the movie that you're watching (laughs) the the unwritten rule never put a good movie in your terrible movie that's what this is never put a callback to something good in something that is not
3: and I mean I'm not gonna granted I am very naive and spacey or absent whatever but like (laughs) I <laughs> are you trying to prove it uh, or <laughs> no? I'm just trying. I'm trying to find the right word. I probably walked past that computer, that image you had of the, the old house, the the display of the house. I never yeah. knew that that's what that was. I never knew that I was walking into like an homage of mm. not an homage, but like the the newer version of what once was. Like I don't think well, that ever well.
1: The original House of the Future had. I guess you would call them cast members or employees amongst Monsanto you know, that could answer questions and would talk to you. I don't recall.
3: No, it was a free for all. It was the wild, wild west.
2: Yeah, they had just basically a Best Buy geek squad there.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, well, you can buy a warranty on this. Yeah. Well, Dave, I think that was really cool, man. Thank you very much for sharing That's those so photos
4: expensive. with us. It's crazy.
1: A lot more on my... Uh, on my website, of course. Oh, yeah. And what is your website, Dave? com slash HOF for House of the Future.
2: There you go. If you want to see more. And if you're listening to the show, uh, you can go to our website and uh, you know look at these photos. I will link Dave's just entire category of House of the Future in you know our website too, so you can go check these out specifically on the video. Then go to his website and look at the House of the Future, and then just take some time, like take a take a break, get your phone, go into a quiet space like the restroom for half an hour if you're at work or whatever, and and yeah. and just chill with really cool shots of Disneyland.
1: Yeah. One Dave, other yeah. thing I noticed when I was going through my blog in preparation yeah. for tonight. Yeah. One of my posts I posted, I guess at an auction a number of years ago, came up a letter that Walt had sent, I think it was to Monsanto, thanking them for the transistor radio that they sent to him after the opening. <laughs> oh, wow. That's
3: really brilliant. That's awesome. <laughs> That's
2: adorable, man. I love it. I love it. He's like, I'll put it with the rest of them. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, Dave. Thanks a lot, man. We'll let you split.
1: Thank you all.
2: All right. Thanks, dude. Good to see you again. Bye. You too. Uh, You know, that's a good time to take a break, everybody. So let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to finish our little intro stuff. We're going to get to our five things that we love and five things that we don't love about the Disneyland Resort. Hold on. We'll be right back. This is Ears Up Gee, sorry, guys, but that guy bought 14 churros. I'm all sold out. And now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging on. Three. Don't worry, we are not going to run out of churros for you. I promise.
0: Yeah, the guy that that kid was talking about was obviously Terrence.
2: Obviously. <laughs> I mean, that was a live recording of the aftermath of what happened when Terrence <laughs> bought 14 churros. Yeah.
4: Yeah, you did actually didn't hear the uh the cursing from the next person behind me in line. So. That's right. I mean, you can't you
2: couldn't tell but uh you know the guy who 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 he bought those churros from, handsome dude. Super handsome guy.
3: Yeah. He sounded he sa- Okay.
2: <laughs> Damn roasted. Uh Bev, you are on your way. I think in a couple of days you're leaving for Disney World.
3: I leave on Saturday morning at Five o'clock in the morning. I was
2: hoping that the F word was going to be five, <laughs> because yeah, was, we yeah. all know it, was
3: nothing, it we, was nothing inappropriate. We all know
2: how much of a morning person you are. I
3: know, um, you hate um, yourself.
2: We've been talking a, a little bit off and on about how nervous you are, and you're trying to plan for everything. And so there's basically no more planning to do. Are do you feel comfortable? Do you feel confident you're going to do everything you want to do?
3: I do. Okay. Um, I have. Okay. I, do, I do. Okay.
2: Uh, I believe you, honestly, man. Chill. Like, I believe you.
3: <laughs> but but not because not I'm not saying this because they're sponsors like concierge has really like come through my my food is my not food I don't want to say food my my reservations for dining mm-hmm. taken care of everything is set everything is on has already been like I didn't have to do anything to the wristband thing
2: oh the magic band or whatever
3: it's already connected I'm already checked into our hotel wow. I just show and they up did and they
2: did, just, did all that for you they'd like check you in and stuff fee.
3: I had to do the online check-in
2: oh okay sure They
3: connected my account and everything for me oh, oh wow so everything is everything is gonna be theoretically I mean I'm always prepared like I have everything printed out because I'm a psycho but also like yeah. I think everything is also just I'm pre- it's prepared like I think it's gonna be a smooth sailing cool I'm super excited about it that's great. I know you never yeah.
0: really post anything um, ever anywhere ever, but can you, <laughs> I like. I want to see what happens. I want to see your adventure.
2: I think what we I should have you do watch. is, is take, take a bunch of photos and, and either send them to Maddie and Maddie can post like, you know, Bev's day at Disney world or something like that. I think people would like to see that.
3: Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I can do that.
2: She froze I certainly it. can do that. Okay, good. Um, what are you looking forward to doing first- the most? <laughs>
3: i um, going to be our guest.
2: Going to so, be our guest.
3: The Beauty and the Beast restaurant. Okay. I've been told multiple times to order extra gray stuff because it's delicious.
2: Extra gray stuff?
3: I've heard that too.
2: What is that even? Don't what's, believe
3: me? Ask what's delicious?
2: What's gray stuff?
3: It's from the song. <laughs> Try the gray stuff. It's delicious. I think it's Don't like a pudding. Me? Ask the dishes. They can... I think they
2: that's, make, that's, make, the da- that's a Dave, Dave Matthews song. <laughs> gray stuff.
3: Yes. Grey <laughs> oh i hate you <laughs> that um, a good thing.
2: well that sounds cool man it sounds like it's something that would be at that space restaurant but
3: but the navi um i'm excited about the river the the river tour or whatever it's called
2: yeah rivers of america and no. <laughs> avatar it's, yeah land yeah not the, the navi woman. river
3: that one I'm a little concerned about because I get motion sickness very easily, but the river one looks pretty cool.
2: You get those wristbands. You want to try I those? The,
3: the patches. The
2: patches. Okay. All right. Well, look. I feel confident. You're gonna do fine. Yep. Yeah. That's cool, man. I'm excited for you. Um. Uh. I'm excited for you.
3: I am too. I'm yeah. very excited. Yeah. I'm excited uh, to. It's hot. Surprise, Abby too. It's hot there. It's hot as. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Insert expletive here.
2: No, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the show, everybody. five things that we love, five details that we love about the Disneyland Resort, and then five that we hate. because why not? You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and then you have the Disneyland Resort.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: You know what I mean. Um, who wants to go first? Well, uh, what are we doing? Uh, we're, let's do the, talked about different Let's things. do the five things that we don't like first. Ooh, okay. 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 Let's start on the let's start on the wrong foot. Let's get right with the right foot afterwards. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Let's
4: get on the good foot. So yeah, good. there we go.
2: Who wants to volunteer to go first for the one thing they don't like? And we're just going to go around robin style, like we always I'll
4: do. I'll go. I'll go first. All right, Terrence, hit us, baby. All right. One of the things that I don't like is the fact that there are defunct attractions that are never funked. You know, like it's <laughs> funk my attractions. <laughs> right. Like so. For instance, the Carousel of Progress. It becomes America Sings, which becomes kind of nothing for a long time. And then it becomes a Star Wars launch bay. And it's just this thing that they're trying to put something in just so that they can fill the space. But they're never trying to make it so it's something that people actually want to go to. That's one of the details I don't like about the park is is that. Specifically that entire structure. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It was cool going under it, though. Oh, yes, it was that one
2: rail. I still don't that know if, we, if we're supposed to talk about that, but whatever. Oh, I thought um, come up. Bev, why don't you go ahead and go for uh, go next?
3: Well, since Terrence and I are apparently on the same wavelength, I also have that, but I just called it I, I still call it interventions, even though it's not interventions. Yeah. That place is garbage, it only <laughs> exists to just take people off of rides and distract them with more trash. Like, it's,
2: it's a people suffered. eater.
3: It's a people eater, but it's no. also just terrible. And I, I just they sh- they could tear it down and make it something. Terrence suggested they could tear it down and make it more Autopia, but I almost kicked him out of my house for saying. That. <laughs> yeah, no. but it could be torn down, and I feel like something of substance could be put there because right now I just think it's dumb. So yeah, that's also on my list.
2: Okay, got it.
0: All right, so I took this very literally and and went with actual like like details of the park that I don't like. Sure. Um, the first one is, well, actually, I have to be honest. This was on my my things I love list, but it got moved, and it's the U.S. mailboxes. I absolutely oh, love okay. that they have them. I think it's so cool that you can you can mail your postcard from Disneyland, but they don't sell stamps. And they no longer postmark it, so it says Dis- from Disneyland. So what is the point? So it's a mailbox. It's a mailbox. It's a mailbox. mailbox. And I don't, I just get, like, I don't know. I just don't like it. I think it's stupid now.
2: I feel like there probably weren't enough people using it that you can still sort of justify the cost of paying for postage. But I wonder if people were just, like, mailing their, no, like... what
0: do you mean paying for postage? Like, you can't, you you have to have a stamp to mail it. It's just... No, enough. but I, f-
2: I thought that it, they used to, like... Pick up the post. Oh no, postmark. I see they stamp a postmark. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So it wouldn't say An- it would say Anaheim, but it would have like a Disney. Maybe
2: that's thing. the USPS decision. Maybe I don't know,
0: but they could still, still sell stamps at the very true,
2: least. true, absolutely true. Uh, one of the Disneyland details that I hate, that I hate, and I'm going to say hate, the blocked off Court of Angels in New oh, Orleans Square. Yeah. yeah. Now it's used as the waiting room for Club 33 guests to ascend up into the dining room. Once again, proving that the wealthy will always take more from us common folk. <laughs> it bo- it bothers me because it is very much like, um, you know, if you really want to uh, be overly dramatic about it, it's like class warfare sort of a thing where it's like, these are rich-ish people, definitely way upper middle class to hire. We're just going to take this whole area we're going to take it back from the people and we're going to give it to them so they can hang out and lounge and they have like you know uh lemon and lime flavored waters and hot towels to wipe your hands and like you're sitting in there and you the unwashed masses are walking by you and <laughs> but you're you're separated from by this little cool stained glass door and it's just it feels very weird and chic and it, it shouldn't be in Disneyland that that should they they don't need they didn't need to do that i agree it was weird but
0: Absolutely. i also really liked being
2: oh for sure well yeah if you're part of the bourgeois (laughs) yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) that's great
4: um conrad all right so um the second thing this is a a detail kind of but um star wars in multiple places you have an entire area that is dedicated to star wars at this point and then you also have overflow like how amazing would it be to have props from the movies within Batu instead of having them in something that never, no one goes to. Or you have, now you have two completely different simulated, right, sorry, you have three Star Wars riots that are simulators in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Two of them in Galaxy's Edge and one of them in Tomorrowland. You have stormtroopers walking around in Galaxy's Edge, and Stormtroopers walking around in Tomorrowland. And it by
3: does,
4: Interventions. It, it makes it just makes no sense. I hate the fact that there's Star Wars spread across Disneyland.
2: I agree. And it is, it's very much, and I, I said this as soon as Disney bought it, they are going to suck the life out of Star Wars because they don't yes. understand that the joy of Star Wars is the unknown of Star Wars. Yes, we don't want exactly. it rubbed in our faces all the time. <laughs> Bev, go ahead, please.
3: I freaking hate Pixie
0: Hollow. <laughs> that is a good one. Yes.
2: Wasn't that? Wasn't that where the uh, the the people from Gilmore Girls lived?
0: <laughs> wow, yes. that is actually it very is just,
3: close. I'm surprised it you is, knew that. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it's just I the stuff. worst. Like you stand in line. Ugh. If you've never done Pixie Hollow, yeah, first of all, don't. Okay, if you have, you understand. Stand in line, and then you go to these different little sections and take pictures with these women dressed up as fairies, but you're standing, and it's shady, but it's also still sunny, and it's just, just dumb. Like, why? Why?
2: (laughs) Okay. Fair enough.
3: Oh, sorry, it's me.
0: Um, The small world ceiling. Now I'm not sure if if this okay. is one of my least favorite details or simply just a lack of detail altogether. Sure, but the ceiling of Small World has always bothered me. It's just painted black, and you can yes, see, you can see <laughs> air vents. You can see the HVAC tubing. Like, why not put a false ceiling, a drapery, anything that better immerses you in the fantasy world that you're in for forever? Like, it is
4: the worst themed anything yeah. throughout the entire park. Completely agree with you.
0: Thank you. Hate it.
4: <laughs> Hated it.
0: Hated it. <sighs> Hated it. <laughs> uh,
2: my next one is the way the tap water tastes. <laughs> so that's, that's, just product, LA, that's just LA, bro. LA. <laughs> Surely... <laughs> There is something that can be done to prevent the water from the drinking fountains from tasting mildly like blood and dirt. No, I mean, I'm always like, I think I have the gum disease gingivitis because I taste blood and I don't understand. I'm just thirsty. It's true. I think they could do something. Honestly, I really do. Terrence.
4: All right. um, My next one. This is going to sound weird, but hear me out. (laughs) The people mover tracks in Tomorrowland. Now, I completely understand why they're there. And it makes it a little bit shady. I completely get that. But it reminds me every single time I'm in that land that I will never see a vehicle riding (laughs) on those tracks again. It is the weirdest thing to me that you have something that will never be used again still there in plain sight. Thank you so much, Michael Eisner, for destroying those tracks.
2: Yeah, Well, and it is funny because it's like, oh, it costs money to tear down. What? Yeah, it also costs money to throw things in interventions. And it also mm-hmm. costs money to give, you know, corporate raises. And it also costs money to move your people, your Imagineers to Florida. Like, it costs money to do stuff. Yes. It would be, but it isn't would, that worth it? It costs money for Star Wars land.
0: It would help yep. traffic in that area so much.
2: Yeah, it really yes. would. I agree with really you, Terrence. Would. Bev, go ahead, please.
3: I, and this is a personal thing. I'm a, just personal thing. Yep. I hate that they took out the coffee shop and replaced it with a Starbucks. Oh my
2: God, same, bro. Yes.
3: Hated it. <laughs> that coffee shop. Okay, the coffee. It was fine. It was coffee. Whatever. Yeah. But it was coffee because coffee is coffee. But it wasn't five dollars. <laughs> And you could go back throughout the day with your receipt and get free refills. And now you wait in line for 20 minutes and get a McFlurry or whatever they sell there.
2: Yep, McFlurries. That's <laughs> it.
3: Frappuccino.
2: Yeah. Whatever. Same Flurry. thing.
3: McFlurry. <laughs> the My difference is
2: their Frappuccino machine never goes down. <laughs>
4: Exactly. You can always get a frappuccino. You can yep. never get a McFlurry.
2: That one hurt me too because those are some of like the coolest memories I have of Disneyland. Like, where's the receipt for the coffee? We got to go get a coffee. Let's just go get a coffee. It's fine. It's like eleven thirty, and you're leaving the park. You're like, why don't we just get a coffee? It's it, fine. We should get a coffee.
0: And it's like your last souvenir I before remember, you leave. Yeah. Coffee in the awful. morning,
3: standing there and getting our morning cup of coffee and watching them do the flag ceremony, mm-hmm. or not the flag ceremony, but they do like like the band would come through and they would do like a revelry yeah just like it was i always like teared up because it was beautiful and it was just
2: well and what i of
3: my favorite what i
2: what i like that it what about that it not being starbucks is that it differentiated your experience between just going to downtown disney or going to any other place on the corner of any town ever and getting a starbucks coffee it's it's just, it's different. The food in Disneyland hits different. Churros there hit different. The coffee should hit different too. It shouldn't be the and same. The I don't coffee, like it.
3: It was under, no, by no, under no circumstances was it bad coffee. It was good. It was That's fine.
2: That's not, eh, yeah. it was fine. It, it was sucked. good it, coffee. It was <laughs> terrible. It,
3: I think it was better than Starbucks coffee.
2: I disagree. Eh. I disagree. All right, Taryn, All go right. ahead, please.
0: My third one, uh, I, I hate the trolley tracks. On Main Street. Oh. <laughs> I
2: guys, thought about doing this I, one.
0: I, I love that I, I, I can appreciate the authenticity of having real a real trolley with real trolley tracks, but given the amount of times I've only almost broken an ankle and now how many times our stroller wheel gets stuck in there, yeah. like, just give me a more modern version of a trolley. I'm fine.
2: I mean, a car. Same girl. Same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have them. They're called buses. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, my third one is the entirety of Buena Vista Street, and I know I'm, <laughs> I'm breaking my own rules here by not being detailed enough with this one, but I can't help it. There's nothing that really impresses me about Buena Vista Street. It looks just kind of bland and not really nuanced enough to reflect L.A. in the 30s, which is what it's supposed to do. Instead, the shops come off more like a new block of track homes, but they all have like identical paint jobs and the windows maybe are different a little bit, but even the window treatments are boring. (laughs) The Big Rock Candy Mountain bores me. It's just the whole, like, walking down Buena Vista Street compared to Main Street, it's night and day. There's just nothing there. Buena Vista Street is
4: thoroughly unimaginative.
0: Yeah.
2: Terrence,
4: go ahead, please. All right, I'm thinking of another hate uh, just because uh, (laughs) Bev stole mine with Starbucks. But um, here's my fourth hate the pointless the pointless warehouses and backstage area in dca so this area used to have mm. the millionaire game used to have the muppets have you said it's right behind award oh, wieners yeah. used to have yeah. a lot of stuff going on right now and now they have monsters inc they have a stage that is rarely used
3: was that electronica yeah yep. yeah and yep. that thing was sick
4: right they have, they have a bar there that has somewhat decent beer every once in a while, but it's normally like micheladas. And it's just a completely unused space. And there's empty buildings where they could do something, but nothing's happening back there.
3: Yeah, Agreed. I agree with that. Taryn stole mine because absolutely <laughs> the tracks. What the heck? Yeah, they, they don't need to be there anymore. Make it more authentic. Don't have a trolley. Have it be like a, a, a carriage ride, perhaps. There you go. But get rid of them. The yeah. amount, yeah, the amount of times I've almost broken an ankle. My stroller, stupid stroller wheel has gotten stuck.
2: Literally, you know I, mean? I, I every time you walk down, you see somebody. If if you see you see somebody struggling
3: mm-hmm. with
2: those things, and if you don't see them, then you're that person. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah,
2: you're the person. In fact, by. I
3: think. The last time we were there, I'm pretty sure Abby's shoe got stuck in <laughs> <laughs> to the point where we had to like you know, take her shoe off and take her foot out. She's and like, I had to like Gump. work her shoe out. I love the that. Stupidest thing I've ever experienced. I'm
2: glad that <laughs> happened to her. Taryn, go ahead, please.
0: Um, the next one I'm sorry, but the Indiana Jones cue.
2: Oh, Wow. No! Oh. Shut your mouth!
0: Now, okay. Shut your mouth! Wow.
2: she's writing for one of those Disney news blogs now. Hear
0: me out. I really like this queue. It's it's clearly one of the best ones at Disneyland. Maybe the best one. It has all of the elements um, that you that might be worth standing in a sixty-plus minute standby line. For years, the hieroglyphics on the wall were completely useless without decoders. Although surprisingly, Disney did reintroduce the decoders in two thousand nineteen on the Play Disney Parks app, which is cool. Um, but what really grinds my gears is that the bamboo trick to lower the ceiling in the skeleton room doesn't work. It hasn't worked for years. And while I can understand that it's not a priority for them to fix that, also, it can't be that hard to fix. Just fix it.
2: Wait. All right. So that's a detail you hate is the cue because the bamboo thing doesn't work? Yeah. So, okay. All right. I love you. Fight me. I will. Don't worry about it. Uh, but n- not on camera. Uh, you know, mine, I'm agreeing with Terrence. People Mover track. Yes, it's good for shade. Yes, it's good for collecting branches, as Jeremy would say. But it still needs to go because it's a reminder of just how spectacularly Disney has failed at one of the more popular rides in Disney history. And I don't think I'm exaggerating much with that statement either. Pull them down, plant some futuristic robot trees or something, and get over it. Just deal with it. Realize the track has to go, figure it out, and make it go. That is the one of the worst parts of that land. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's what's really holding that land back from being a lot better. You can keep an invention. You can keep the meet and greet, the Star Wars blast-off space or whatever the hell it's called. But those tracks is just like everybody knows now they're defunct. It's just, it's like having a bunch of broken cars in your, in your, uh, in the lawn on your mansion. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, just get over it. Yeah. Terrence, last one. What's the last detail that you hate about the Disney Resort? Does
4: anyone know what the Paradise Gardens Park is? Never heard of
2: it.
1: No. What?
4: Okay. The Paradise Gardens Park is the area of DCA that starts at Ariel and goes all the way uh, back to the emotional in and out emotional whirlwind yeah, before yeah. you get to the entrance to um uh in Credit coaster that is the most jumbled <laughs> non-themed area yeah. in any part of disneyland you're talking about even in DCA, you have avengers campus you have cars land you have buena vista you have all these different things and then here you have
3: a silly symphony.
4: You have the silly symphony swings. You have the golden <laughs> zephyr. You have a paradise garden. But yo, know, hey, over here, every once in a while, we're gonna have a um, a thing where we we celebrate Cinco de Mayo, and you are gonna do that. It's like it's nothing even <laughs> makes sense, and nothing's even themed. And an Italian restaurant. And an Italian restaurant. Nothing's even themed to each other. It just makes no sense, and it's so weird because that part of DCA harkens back to what DCA was when it opened where it was just throw stuff in there and people will go because it's a place to go. It's funny what
2: Disney chooses to spend money on and what they don't choose to spend money on. Like they're doing this whole hotel thing, but they're also saving money in a bunch of other places. And it's like, they're just, they're saving money and then not spending money to their own detriment. They've, they've scrapped a bunch of stuff that would make people happy that would that would bring a sense of of newness, but also of retro vibes, or however you want to say it. You know, with some of these callbacks, like the Haunted Mansion they were talking about doing, uh, you know, stuff like this would be great. Theme this, make this an area. If people aren't going in this area, why do you think that is? It's yeah. because they choose to be somewhere else because this area stinks. Yeah. So make it something better. Yeah. Spend some actual dollars on it. I agree with you, Bev. Go ahead, please.
3: All right, I I also came up with this one on the fly because I was just sitting here thinking like I didn't have a fourth one because actually it was really particularly particularly hard for me to come up with things I didn't like. Easy for you to new for me. Yeah, but man, I hate that lady that hangs out in front of Carthay with the fake dog.
0: (laughs) Yes,
3: she can go away. Like I don't understand why she's and when she like don't ever talk to don't ever talk to me first of yes. all. I will but say also, she's never don't spoken to me. ever talk to me with your fake dog <laughs> and ask me to pet it. Like, cause no. What yeah. is even is that? That's because I've always no. steered us away from her
0: because I hate her also. That's why she's oh, never God, spoken to us.
3: She's dressed Ugh. in like, I don't know, 30s, 40s garb. And she walks around with this little, little puppy, little dog thing, but it's actually a puppet and her hands inside of it. And she's like, moving it around. Like, Oh, isn't my dog so cute. And I'm like, Oh, you're, <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I just saw this same puppet cool. show four blocks
2: down by the Seven Eleven. It's very different. No,
3: I, I hate that. I, that can go away today.
2: Yeah, it's it's a little bothersome. Taryn, go ahead.
3: Mine
0: is actually similar to Bev's, um, because I I'm calling it. I don't like Bright Suns. Oh, now I'm a fan of the Immersive Lands, and I really actually do like Galaxy's Edge, but I don't care for their stupid vocabulary. Um, I honestly just I don't want to be greeted with bright suns or bright moons. I came here to get drunk on a Besbin fizz, or <laughs> or listen to DJ Rex. Like that's enough immersion for me. Hearing cast members speak the forced like new language just feels like bad dinner theater or larping.
2: It you know what it does. And imagine if you went to like New Orleans Square and you heard just like, like Cajun Creole.
0: Yeah, it's.
2: You know what I mean? Be it's like
0: inappropriate. <laughs> Yeah, it
2: would be, it would be tight, but it'd just be like you're just watching Forrest Gump at that point.
0: Yeah. Like I, I just don't need that in my life. Like you know? I'm still at Disneyland. I know I'm at Disneyland. Right. You know I'm at Disneyland. Let it go.
2: <laughs> Let it go. Uh <laughs> my last one for things that I don't like, the entirety of the Esplanade. I know. Really? Yeah, I know. Groups of teens meeting up at the embedded Uh compass rose in the middle of the Esplanade to talk about the latest Starbucks drinks they just bought at (laughs) Disneyland will be forever angered by my choice, but I'm sticking to it. The Esplanade is and forever will be a wasteland, a barren desert devoid of imagination, imagineering, basic design elements, and shade. Drop some friggin' cheese, yo. Let this green... Place light up a little bit, especially as you transition from the gates of Disneyland with the planters of trees and Disneyland roses and whatnot. You go under the monorail, and then nothing but brickwork as far as the eye can see. It's like when you find an unfinished part of a video game map that the designers just walled off, but you manage to find a glitch into. There's so much space there to do something, anything with, that it makes me slightly upset. Give me more shade. Rip out that stupid compass rose. Drop a big fat tree in there. Drop 500 trees in there. Make it a forest to walk through. This is a hot, barren wasteland of a desert thing that I've already said.
0: What's a compass rose?
2: <laughs> a, you know, when you look on a map and it's like north, south, east, west. And that's yeah. that's what it is. Where is that? In the dead center of the Right in the, the middle Esplanade.
0: of it. It, like, sticks up?
2: No, it's imprinted no, no, no. on the... It's just,
4: it's imprinted. Oh, it's a
0: design. oh, oh. oh, yeah, oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh. See? You don't even know about it. How many times have we walked past it? You don't even know. Yeah,
0: because I... I kind of like like I, I, like, I kind of like the Esplanade.
2: It's, but what what do you like about it because specifically?
0: Because it makes me it, it's the first the first part of being at Disneyland, and I just want to put out my arms and spin like Sound of Music.
2: Yeah, well, I think it'd be cooler if there was a tree there. <laughs> um, all right, Terrence. Now let's transition into the details that we love of the Disneyland Resort.
4: The entirety of Galaxy's Edge. Maybe not the cast member saying, you know, "Good Moon" and all that stuff, good, but Good Moon, um, baby. All right, but I saw, um, I saw the that area for the first time um, about a month and a half ago, and I walked in with a, a friend of the show, Brett, um, and he took me, um, took me through the area, took me through the land, and I rounded a corner, and in front of me was the Millennium Falcon. And I am a 41-year-old man, and I teared up seeing it because I felt like an 8-year-old kid <laughs> seeing something that I've always imagined. That land is so immersive in the way they themed it. Um, the, all of the little details of everything throughout that entire land just drew me in. So my number, my first one, not my number one, but my first one is the entirety of Galaxy's Edge.
2: Mm, uh, i'll let it pass
3: area music i think that that is a detail that disneyland does better than any other theme park i've been to and i've been to a couple fairly recently and I, i and i've tried to be like conscious of it um like for example when we were in universal i remember walking through and i was like oh this is very reminiscent of disneyland like we're walking down the main drag and i was like man but music's like really loud
2: yeah is there even music and what kind of music like top 40 hits
3: no 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 it's it's it, it kind of so they have universal's different but they also have like different areas that are themed to different things um and so the the music is themed appropriately but like there's something about like the way disney does it like you can be having a conversation and then be like oh that's what is that song what is that the, is that the song from up and then continue your conversation whereas any other place i've been it's been like oh that's that's loud or or uh or like with Disney, we were talking about this earlier or terrence and i were talking about this earlier when you're walking through the music changes but it changes so subtly that you don't even recognize that the music has changed and now you right. listen now you're in frontierland and the music you're listening to frontierland music i just think that it is a, it's a seamless transition and they do it better than anyone else.
2: Yeah, that's true. All right, Taryn, go ahead.
3: All
0: right, my first one is Center Street.
2: What's Center Street?
0: Exactly. I don't know what that is. I actually yeah. didn't know till I looked on Google Maps either. But Center Street is where they have the building uh, facades near the lockers off of Main Street. So right past oh, the okay. Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just really like that area because it could, it, what I think any other park would have done is just have facades.
2: Right, not have that little alleyway down there or whatever, right? Well,
0: I mean, even if they had the alleyway, it would just be facades. But here they have the Mm. Painless Dentist, where you hear dentist drills and patient screams um, if you stand there long enough. And the Hotel Marceline, which is a nod to uh, Walt's hometown, and you can hear someone singing in the shower and then gargling water and then brushing their teeth and then shaving, and it's it's like you're listening in on a hotel. Um, And it's just these little unnoticed details on this noisy, busy main street that they didn't have to do, but they did. And I think that those, it's those little things that make Disneyland for me so unique. I got it. Is that DCA or Disneyland? Disneyland.
2: Hmm. Look at that, Bev. You learned something today. Right
0: by the lockers on main street. So you're walking down to the right, you go get a coffee. It's normally missed
2: because you're like, I need to go to a locker. And so you're just walking. Right, right. Right. And then I need to go do the thing. You know what else I need to do?
4: The 21st Amendment Brewery's latest beer release, Tropical Brew Free or Die IPA, puts an island vacation in their whimsically designed cans. That's right, cans. This refreshing year-round release Tropical IPA is brewed with pale and Munich malts, brimming with a Citra Cryo, and Mosaic hops, and topped with a splash of pineapple flavor. The result is a clean, refreshing beer featuring a mix of sweet malt, Balanced bitterness, fruit-forward hops, and a nice tropical vacation at the finish. Tropical Brew for Your Dye IPA is available at your local good beer shop, neighborhood taproom, and anywhere else people come together to find great craft beer. That's right.
2: All right, my first one that I love, the Main Street windows. Specifically, the filigree patterns on the windows around the names, they're just amazing looking, and they really do the presentation justice. Just having the person's name isn't enough. And I think that's what a lot, a lot of other parks would have done. Just like, here's your name in like block letters, you know, like you're some detective in a novel, right? It's like, boom, frosted glass, here's your name. Uh, it really serves as a classy and classic celebration of that particular person being honored. Just the way they design the names and the way they put a lot of passion and effort into making these look like pieces of of art and is what they are. Uh, I, I love those. they're They're fantastic. All right, That's Terrence, what's your
4: next one, baby? Uh, the smeltizers on Soren and throughout the park. So Excuse everyone me. has some kind of scent that they associate with Disneyland. For most people, it's the smell of pirate water. But throughout the park, they intentionally pump smells out um, in order to help Um, immerse you in where you are and specifically on Soren. So the air, the times where you're going over the ocean, where it smells like you can smell the salt water or when you're over the orange groves and you can smell the oranges itself. And so it's just that little, that little detail of instead of, instead of just trying to um, have your, your, your sight and your sense of feeling, but also your sense of smell come into play
3: as well. That's a good one. I, love the fact that they continue to honor walt like i love that they have the his his apartment with the candle in the candle in the window candle in the wind like a candle (laughs) in
4: the wind oh it seems to me he lived his life like that
3: (laughs) never knowing
4: no no
3: um, I think that's a, an amazing detail. I think that they're still showing respect to the person who had this dream and brought it to fruition, and it's one of my favorite things.
2: All right. I like it. Cool. Taryn? Uh,
3: my next one is the uh, that they kept the original
0: carpet in the Lily Bell train. Yes. Um, I think that they, they didn't need to. Um, it seems like something that they would have switched because of traffic, but I, I think it's such an interesting decision to, instead of – opening that up and kind of locking everything down, but changing the carpet, they instead just made it like harder to get on. Yeah. They don't run it all the time. And, and I thought that, I think that that's just a really interesting decision and, and kind of a cool detail about Disneyland that they kept that carpet and they kept all of the designs that Lillian chose for that car. And they, they kept the integrity of, of her original uh, vision for that but still was able to open it to the public in just a sort of a smaller sense. And I think that's really cool.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mine is the little man of Disneyland's house based on the children's book of the same name. The house is located at the base of a tree in front of the Indiana Jones queue. The one that Taryn doesn't like also the one with the sign for the ride on it. Some people think this is, was in the park at one point that the, uh, that the little man of Disneyland had a house physically in the park. Um, And then it was cemented over for reasons, but I don't think that was the case. I think what people are seeing or remembering were the cemented over holes used by landscapers to move mature trees around the property by drilling holes in the tree trunks and inserting metal poles into them. Then they lifted up, uh, carried the tree over, planted it where it goes, patched up the holes and then off they went. The detail is great because the tale of Patrick Begora ties in the development of Disneyland into a fun little story while simultaneously making children think Disney is nice for letting Patrick stay on the property in front of house. It's a very cute little Easter egg uh, that not a lot of people are really going to know about. And it also sort of invites people to ask cast members about it, too. Um, And that is sort of neat because everything that Disneyland is adding is sort of everybody knows about. Star Wars land or here's this droid or whatever, right? But not a lot of people are going to know about the little man of Disneyland. So it is sort of like a, a nice throwback, a nice callback, and a nice way for guests to have interactions with cast members too. Cool. Terrence.
4: Um, so I have to kind of repeat one that you already said, Jason, and it's the uh, the windows, not just the Main Street windows, like there's a window for a Harper Golf in Adventureland, uh, but there's one that really got me um, and really got me choked up after watching the um, Imagineering story I would say probably 10 times at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's the one for Frank Wells on Main Street. Um, and it's, uh, it's Frank Wells, Seven Summits for those who want to do it all. And the amazing thing was that uh, the end of his life, he, you know, he was a daredevil, 62 years old. He was a daredevil. He died in a helicopter accident um, going uh, in Nevada, trying to go to one of the most dangerous peaks to, um, to ski on. Uh, but he had climbed six of the seven uh, summits in the world at this point. Um, he There's pictures of him, and he, he summited uh, the Matterhorn. Um, but Frank Wells is a guy who, in many ways, helped to save Disneyland and helped to expand Disney into what it was. Um, and when I saw that window on Main Street, uh, I actually did get a little choked up because he meant a lot to the company. He did a lot to the company. And when you really start researching all of the people who are on there, uh, we wouldn't have the park that we love today if it wasn't for them.
2: Wow. All right, Bev, go ahead, please.
3: Again, as I've mentioned previously, I've traveled to some other amusement parks recently and the cleanliness standard at Disneyland is head and shoulders above all else. The fact that there's no trash around or anything you know you kind of take it for granted when you're there but they do an excellent job of making sure that you are have having the nicest freshest cleanest experience possible
0: okay my next one is um the garbage cans i nice. again think that the garbage cans um they're they vary from land to land which is super cool and um, it's all—they're all themed to the land that they are in. And again, this is something—it's a garbage can. They did not have to do that at all. Like it, it's not something anyone would have noticed had they not done it. And so I think it is really cool that they did it. And and also if you think about it, it was actually somebody's job at some point to design a garbage can.
2: <laughs> right.
0: And honestly, it's a job that I'd be do—I'd be happy doing. I'd be so. doing. I'd be doing. <laughs> so. I don't know. I think it's cool.
2: Um, all right. My third one the wooden sidewalks in Frontierland. And I've made no mistake about this. I love those stupid things. Possibly my favorite thing to walk on, which is a weird thing to say. The wooden sidewalks in Frontierland are one of those details that I feel most parks would overlook. It's a bit odd, however, because you have these authentic looking wooden planks and then you step down onto concrete. I mean, why not make the wooden planks and then you just step down into dirt? I don't know. Uh, but I suppose you can only go so far with authenticity. They make a cool sound when you walk on them, and it just adds to the feel of the frontier land. I will literally go out of my way to walk the full length of these bad boys, taking in the reverb and the thudding sounds my heavy footfalls make as I pretend that the drinking water here will not give me diarrhea.
4: That is accurate. Love it. Uh, (laughs) All right, Terrence, go ahead, please. All right. um, Number four, I love the fact that the majority of rides in Disneyland proper are either inside or you only see the most adventurous portions from the outside. Uh, It allows the screams of Splash Mountain to act like a carnival barker, beckoning you to see what's going on. Uh, It also helps with the theming, because for those of us who have been to like Magic Mountain or anything like that and ask, why is you know whatever Riddler's Revenge Riddler's Revenge is because it's literally just painted green right but at Disneyland they have the opportunity to really theme things out and then you have the most exciting part of the ride outside for people to see
3: very nice I would I'm going to disagree with Taryn here I'm sorry
4: whoa
2: dude
3: I know um One of the details I love is actually the whole entire queue for Indiana Jones. I think
1: that
3: that's That's, that's fair. The the wait for that Uh, ride is always terrible because it'll inevitably break down three times while you're waiting. Yeah. But it's interesting and it's entertaining and I agree with you. They should fix the ceiling thing. You're not wrong. I really should have just narrowed it down to that you're probably you're right
0: and and honestly i do like all of it but i i i should have just said i don't like a bamboo stick is really what yes it is. But, sure? but but i yeah. get it though
3: it could be it could be more
0: yes
2: all right turn
0: me you're up um, okay this one actually is f- partly for bev um Ooh.
2: wow look at you guys falling and, in love that's cute
0: and it's not Disneyland <laughs> it's actually Walt Disney World Haunted Mansion Q oh, yes. this thing there is nothing like it it's
2: Disney World? What yes. are you talking about?
0: Yes, I went to Disney World for this one.
2: It's it, for the Disneyland Resort. Are you crazy?
0: We never said that. Yes, we did. We didn't did. specify that. No, no we didn't. did No, we didn't.
4: It's literally in the name of the show. It's, it's a,
2: literally it's, it's, the name of the show.
0: But it, I'm breaking uh, a rule. I don't okay.
2: Care. All right. Taryn's breaking right. the rule, everybody.
0: Uh, the Haunted Mansion queue at Walt Disney World is almost as fun as the ride. It's You can speak to the nearly departed in the uh, Spectrecom. You can play musical instruments on the tombstones. You can play a stone organ. This is all nice. in the in the queue. And and the, right. the stone organ blows smoke. You can get sneezed on by a dead captain. That's coronavirus. Yeah. And it's not a real person. That's so it's it's just water. <laughs> um and finally watching Madame Leota's tombstone not only move, but very subtly blink right before you get into the to the, the ride building. It's just amazing. It's such a great cue. I'm excited. I'm
3: so excited.
2: Yeah, me too, man. My next one is the small seashells in the concrete at Ariel's Adventure. And I want you to count how many times I say the word concrete in this because I couldn't think of another word. Over in DCA, there's a small ride you may never have heard about called Being Submerged in the Lake by Arthur C. Miller. I may have that wrong, but I don't know. The name is something like that. Uh, Anyway, as you enter the queue for this ride, look down at the concrete as you travel at walking speed because this thing is always a walk on and you'll notice small seashells crushed up and scattered on top of the concrete. What a great little detail to add here. And I'm assuming you're supposed to be at the beach as you walk into the ride. I don't know. But either way, this little addition helps set the stage for you being underwater. Another cute detail that did not have to be there. Omitting the shells would not have taken anything away from the ride queue at all, but adding them definitely enhances it. Go ahead, nice. Terrence.
3: Oh, all right. Awesome. I, th- I thought P- was pavement more. cement.
4: All right, here's my last one. <laughs> yeah, go for it. The nods to where past things have stood. So, we talked about it a little bit with Dave the right. fact that there is still the concrete from where the house of the future stood. But the fact that there is uh, Melvin, Buff, and Max from the uh, Country Bear Playhouse that are still bust within Winnie the Pooh. The fact that there is still the Eeyore parking sign in the queue for Indy. I like the fact that they did not just plow over areas of the park and say okay well we're done we're not going to even remember anything that that's happened there before but the fact that they have incorporated what used to be there into what's there now i think that's an amazing amazing detail agreed
3: good job that's pretty cool all
4: right Bev, let's hear
3: it okay this one deviates a little bit because it's not necessarily a detail oh god However, here we go
2: but in shanghai not, disney
3: no but the bathroom it's still, it's smelled still, good it's still disney okay it's good. still disneyland all right and it actually was one of my hates and then i moved it over to one of my loves and that is their ability to crowd control
2: uh, okay and i'll allow it i will with, allow this one
3: with like uh with Uh, parades for example I was at first first I was like man they do such a crap job like when you're walking by and you have to like (laughs) and the guys like with the lights and he's and I was like well what come up with a better solution there's no better (laughs) they they do the best job they can with the space that they have yeah and they do it well and they do it fast like it is a well-oiled machine yeah
2: oh yeah highly trained that
3: is highly trained (laughs) and that is my last one
2: Okay, very good. Taryn?
3: All right, this one is is a little similar
0: to Bev's uh, previous one, which is that Walt Disney himself is everywhere. And I, I love that even when somebody like um, Michael Eisner takes over, there are still many elements in the park that forever remain Walt's vision. For example, and I have three examples. One is great moments with Mr. Lincoln. That could have mm-hmm. been... And probably should have been removed or replaced a hundred times by now. It's not a popular attraction. It's boring. It takes a lot of space. Oh my God, that sucks so bad. But. I hate that thing. It hasn't been removed. And I can only imagine that that it's because it screams Walt. There's no other reason to keep it. Yeah. The next example is the flag ceremony, which is a direct connection to Walt's undying love for America. And something that I think a lot of people don't even know about, but it still happens every single day. And then my last example of this is Lillian's Petrified Rock. There is literally zero reason for this to be in the park. It, right? It would actually It would actually be much better suited for the Walt Disney Family Museum, but it's there at Disneyland because it's a part of Walt, and it's a small reminder that behind the billions of dollars, behind the acquisitions and the blockbuster movies, there was a man with a family and a vision to have a park that was safe and welcoming to all. Wow. Who have money.
2: Yeah, you were very sensitive today when you wrote that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Anytime. All right.
2: Uh, my last one is the old espresso machine in Cafe Orleans. Oh, Have you guys seen okay. this thing?
0: No. Oh, no. Well,
2: when New Orleans Square opened in 1966, the cafe there was actually called the Creole Cafe and featured an impressive and elegant espresso machine made by Adile. The machine was crafted in 1905 and was supposedly purchased by Walt himself. Now, the Disney Parks blog posted a photo of Walt standing in front of the espresso machine with uh, uh, a gal who supposedly works at the place, whatever, um, only a few months before he passed away. like I think it was like two months before he died. He was there. Um, And they made no such claims about who actually bought The machine. So I'm going to go ahead and say that Walt did not buy this specific machine himself to put into the park. I feel like that was just an addition that someone, that one of the Imagineers made or whatever, Um, but people like to say, oh, Walt bought this. But if Walt had bought this, it would be on record, and the record would be in the archives, and then that would have been used to post this Disney Parks blog thing. So if the the Disney Parks blog themselves are not confirming this, I'm going to go ahead and say that that's not actually true. But there is still a cool detail here anyway. This machine, the Adile, is considered the world's first commercial espresso espresso machine. I hate espresso. it when people say espresso. I hate that so much. <laughs> the world's first commercial espresso machine. The world's first commercial espresso machine. This was built in 1905. That's crazy. This machine literally was off the run of the world's first commercial machine the first commercial espresso machine giving cafe orleans a little bit of history right off the bat the ideal is non-functioning now which is probably good because the shots it would pull would taste more like strong filtered coffee than the espresso we know today modern machines push steam at nine bar through the the portafilter and this one used to push like under two bar okay plus it would only heat the water to about 140 degrees versus, versus the much hotter temperatures we require for modern espresso which Not is like true. 190
3: what do you i mean order my kids temp every time
2: yeah but they can't con- they don't control the temperature of the espresso water they just water it down or put ice in it
3: what?
2: sorry yeah you can't you can't control the because the, the water's in a tank
3: no they can tr- no yeah, I know no but they control the how hot your drink has because it has a little like thermometer thing in it. I always order mine at 140 degrees.
2: How hot your drink has? Well
3: cuz she's having a lot. She's not is. just having espresso.
2: Okay. See, I'm talking espresso shots.
3: I'm sorry. I'm having a latte.
2: Okay, yes. Yeah, so then the, that's the steamed milk. This is the espresso. So the espresso water comes out at like 190 195 something like that. Back in the day that's 140. That's like green tea temperature. That is not that's not very hot. So these espresso machines didn't make very good coffee <laughs> from the get-go and they took like 45 seconds to pull a shot where the Starbucks standard is 10 seconds. Oh wow. Knocked that yeah. in and out. So anyway, it's good that it doesn't <laughs> that it doesn't actually like work anymore. However, it's still in the back Walt definitely was there. He's posed posed by it drinking espresso from it. So it is kind of a cool thing, the very first espresso machine off the line there. Um, kind of fun. And that is five things we hate and five things we love about, mostly about the Disneyland Resort. Because apparently some people don't read too good.
3: <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Good one.
2: Thanks, man.
3: This is better than I thought it was going to be, frankly. Yeah, it was good.
2: I'm telling you, it oh. was... What? I have my thing. Oh, my God. Do we really got to do it?
0: Um, We don't have to, but I put time and effort into it.
2: Can we just do it later? Right. Okay. Do it for the next show? How long is it going to take?
0: It's one page of writing. Oh, my God. We can do it on the next show. That's fine. Do I think the next we show?
4: should do it. I'm super excited about it. Let's do it. Who
3: that?
4: I, I, th- I thought I got away with it. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's
0: that? Who's that?
1: Who's that. that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? that. that? that.
0: Still proud of that. Um, <laughs> this uh, this is about Riley's imaginary boyfriend from Inside Out. So, uh, Inside Out is, in my opinion, one of the best Pixar films ever made. It is totally relatable on a pre-teen, um, pre-puberty level, and it's one of my favorite parts of the entire movie is Riley's imaginary boyfriend. Now, the imaginary boyfriends... <laughs> plural, are located in Riley's mind and presumably the embodiment of Riley's idea of the ideal boyfriend. He's from Canada. He what? takes Yes, he takes lots of selfies. He has perfectly shaggy hair and, of course, would die for Riley. Joy, sadness, and uh, bing bong only know Riley as a child at this point and bing have never bong. seen her show interest in a boy, which confuses the emotion characters in what I believe is a beautiful visual of the confusion that... That's experienced during early puberty. Joy later takes advantage of the imaginary boyfriend's undying devotion to Riley and uses a generator in imagination land and collects a large group of the boyfriends to use as a catapult, allowing her to reach the headquarters. And after successfully helping Joy, the imaginary boyfriends fall into the memory dump and have effectively died for Riley. Now,
2: I would die for Riley.
0: Uh, The character of the imaginary boyfriend was based on the production team asking a large group of preteens what their ideal boyfriend would look (laughs) and act like.
2: Canadian.
0: (laughs) Well, according to... According to Inside Out's director, Pete Docter, the super tight skinny jeans and perfectly floppy hair was inspired by none other than One Direction's Harry Styles. Now, Riley's imaginary boyfriends don't appear in any other movies or at the parks, but at the very end of the movie, Riley does bump into a real-life boy at the ice-skating rink, and this boy turns out to be named Jordan. And while his time in the movie, Inside Out, is less than 30 seconds, he does have a larger role in the Pixar animated short, Riley's First Date. Now, who is behind the character of the imaginary boyfriend? It's a man named Nick uh, Nick Patera, and he is a... He, is the voice of the imaginary boyfriend. Um, He only has one line that's repeated over and over again, and that is, I would die for Riley. Uh, Voice acting, however, is not his day job. He works full-time at Pixar Studios as a set modeling artist. And in his free time, he's actually a YouTube celebrity who is one of the single most talented singers I've ever heard. His most popular video, which is a cover of Aladdin's A Whole New World, has over 36 million views, and his second most popular has over 20 million views, and he sings a melody of Disney songs, both the female and the male voices, and it's honestly, it's mind-blowing. I didn't think, I thought it was stupid when I first watched it, because I thought that he wasn't, really singing the songs. I thought he just had put this all together. And then I found out that he actually is singing and it's it's mind-blowing. Um, the role of Riley's imaginary boyfriends is small, but it's important. They literally and figuratively catapult the story forward while also being one of the funniest parts of the film. The selfies, tight jeans, and hair are more generic imaginary boyfriend traits, but the fact that he's from Canada and Riley's sport of choice is hockey are the real details that helped bring Riley's character and a movie about preteen emotions to life. Very good. But yeah, check out Nick Patera on YouTube. It's very fascinating. Who's that? Who's that?
1: Who's that?
2: Who's that?
0: Who's that? Who's
3: that?
2: Who is that? That's really a good question. One that we'll solve later on. All right, well, I think we have a good show, everybody. What do you think? You did all right. too. Yeah, Thanks to Dave Land Web. Well, I mean, I guess thanks to Dave. Go to <laughs> DaveLandWeb.com and uh, get your history tour on. You know what I'm trying to say? All right. Next week, I don't know the date yet, but we're going to have uh, in-depth for sure. It's been a it's been a hot minute. It's been like two weeks since we've released any content on this channel.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
2: I know, right? It's It felt really odd. I tried to like bully Jeremy into doing an in-depth last week, and he's like, oh, I'm just too busy. <laughs> All right. All right. It's fine. I get it. I get busy, too. Um, also, he lives on the East Coast where there are like 100 hurricanes. So I get it. But anyway, we're going to try to figure all that kind of stuff out. Uh, fact of the show. Walt's idea for Disneyland started back in the 30s, but grew into something obtainable in the 50s. Even before the story of the park began crossing... Uh, well. Even before the story of the park being across from the studios, Walt actually had the idea to build an even smaller space on the studio property itself, specifically for the children of the employees to go visit. One attraction of note would have been a singing waterfall. Huh. So, you know, we always hear the oh, Disneyland evolved because he wanted to have like a two-acre park across the street. That was actually the second idea. The first idea was a place... On the property itself, just for the kids, huh. of, of the employees, kind of cool. That's
1: cool. never yeah, heard that's of that super before. Cool,
2: yeah. A singing waterfall, good nice. idea, Walt. Yeah. All right, thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in again. Thanks to Dave Lynn Webb. Uh, check him out. Go to Conti Ears. ContiEars.com if you are booking show booking shows. If you're booking trips to any of the <laughs> Disney parks, if you're trying to get on those uh, cruises trying to do all that fun stuff, ConcieEars.com. They will help you book everything. They helped Bev. They changed Bev's life around.
3: They did. Yeah. They took, they took care of me. I would have been just completely lost.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
3: They hooked you. They hooked your girl up.
2: Yeah. ConcieEars.com. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Don't forget to ask for the 21st Amendment beers wherever you find good craft beer, hopefully in and around DCA. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. We'll see you.